everybody, I'm Dr. Edward, the Healing Vet. We've got Erica Messer here as our guest today on the podcast, which is the Pets, People and Harmony podcast, also Whole Energy Body Balance. Um, so Erica, your, your passion is helping people move through and, um, and heal, I suppose, with, with grief after losing pets. Yeah? Could, you, could you tell yeah. us a about yourself and what you do and how you got to doing what you do? Sure. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Um, basically, I mean, I've been a musician my whole life and I, I lost my pet tragically and suddenly, um, Wolfgang. Mm -hmm. And my mom and I couldn't find a lot of tools and resources. I was reaching out to her for help. Um, so I ended up just doing a lot of meditation and coming up with my own practices. Um, and here we are. <laughs> I know that um, is something that I work with a lot as a veterinarian. And I find that people often have unresolved pet grief that they've been lugging around for decades, years, decades, a long time, and often very large amounts of it. Um, what What do you think our society is like when it comes to supporting people through pet grief? Well, I think it's minimized. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people that don't have pets um, try to dictate what we're allowed how we're allowed to grieve and if you think about it in our lifetime you know pets have gone from being protectors and uh kept outside to to where we're now having birthday parties for dogs and um you know celebrating the the birthdays of our our cats and all pets really so there's been a really big shift i think in how we're treating and looking at animals and the human animal bond um so to to grieve to grieve the loss of a a pet is like losing a family member and at least it was for me and since i've reached out to to other people even around the world i have found that they lean in and whisper and will say you know i grieve the loss of my dog more than my parents which yep. isn't to say it is not to say that we don't love our parents but let's look at we're with our pets 24/7 for years and we see our families a couple times a year. I see mine twice a year. So it's a different dynamic, right? And um, yeah. I think those things are in the process of of changing even more. So we really need to honor our animals and treat them like family and and help other people understand that um, that it is valid and it is it is needed to it's I think it needs to be treated just like anything else um, with solutions. Yeah, my, my feeling on that is that, well, the, the kind of bond and relationship you have with your pets is so much less complicated than that that you have with, with your human family, you know. Humans have all sorts of weird behaviours and traumas and if you've grown up with your parents, often they've got intergenerational trauma and and you might love them but you might not like them very much sometimes i think family can be a bit like that so yeah it's um i i can see that too that in the like well certainly since i started being a veterinarian some 28 years ago i think there's been a huge change in in the role that animals play now i don't actually do birthday parties for my pets maybe i'm still Still a little bit of a country boy who doesn't get into that sort of thing, but I love them heaps and they're they're a really big part of my life. Um, and 
And I also see too that for single women who haven't had children, I think pets uh, become far more emotionally important to, to those kinds of women than than anyone realizes, except the people who are experiencing the grief when they lose them, I suppose. Absolutely. And I think the same thing goes for, for senior citizens, that maybe that's their only real family or companion, or um, I mean, it's, apply, it, it's applicable to men as well. You know, our home is is a childless home and my husband grieves as well. He grieves differently. And yeah. I think grief grief is processed differently by everyone. There are some stages of grief that are common, but um, like you said, circumstances really do play a difference. And, you know, millennials now are waiting to have children, if at all. And so the pets really fill that that space of some something to take care of and love unconditionally and have that love in return that can be both good and bad for the pets i find because often <laughs> the humans kind of infantilize the animals and don't necessarily yeah. treat them in a species appropriate way but that's probably a conversation for another day so um obviously you using losing your beautiful cat was you know really really powerful experience for you and probably not a very comfortable powerful experience what we often talk about in this podcast, the one thing that you can share that will will help people change their life for the better. So, for you, what would that be? When it, particularly because we're talking about pet grief. Wow, I, it's really hard to summarize one thing, but I think what comes to mind is that um, I'm lovable just the way I am. You know, my pet loved me regardless if I, you know, had a shower during COVID or was in a bad mood, they just want to cuddle and hang out, you know, and friends, not so much. Um, that's not to say that that my friends don't love me, but it's different. And so to know that that bond is special to, to everyone. Um, and therefore the grief is, is also significant and it's okay. You don't have to question your sanity. Um, there are helpful resources. So that love is strong and it deserves to be honored. I know that um, I experienced a lot of grief at the end of my second marriage. It left me a, a total mess. Um, mm. And I was such a mess that I finally had to ask for help for the first time in my life, really. So do you think that's a helpful thing if people are being, if, if you're really having challenges with grieving process what kinds of help uh, should people seek oh absolutely and uh, and i'm sorry to hear that but i am glad that you reached out um you know i think asking close friends and family first you know and opening up a conversation about about getting help is the first step and then deciding me personally i needed professional help um, I was having suicidal ideation and wow. um, I was really, really worried about my mental health. Um, I do have uh, mental illness, so I didn't want to, you know, affect, I didn't want the grief to affect that. I had a lot at stake. So for me, reaching out to a professional was the best thing. But really, we spent a lot of time just talking about how I'm normal. And my grief was normal, which was really hard for me to understand. So, okay. you know, there are support groups. I've started a support group on Facebook, which is free. Um, and so really finding 
asking oneself, what do I need to do to heal? What kind of help do I want? Do I want to read a book? Do I want to talk with other people? Do I want to remain anonymous and be in a Facebook group where I can post without my name? Um, you know, do I want a professional, a mental health professional? So just opening up the conversation, I think one can find the solutions that will work for them. And for me, doing simple daily practices was really good for me. Um, and so that's how like my grieving cards evolved was just something simple and digestible. I didn't have the capacity to read a book or get into thing anything really in depth. Okay. And, um, you know, I've been working with, with someone in, in, over the last six months or so who has a really um, terrible history of trauma and, and other things, you know, complex post-traumatic stress, and she had a, a support dog, you know, and the support dog died. And turns out that people mm -hmm. that have this really complex, you know, kind of post-combat level... Yep. Um, post-traumatic stress that have support dogs, lots of them do commit suicide after they lose their, their support dogs. It's, uh, mm. it's uh, a big thing, you know, and a really, so I just want to mention though, if anyone is out there and you have lost an animal, if you do lose an animal and you, you really are struggling, do please reach out for help. Call a hotline if nothing else. There's lots of hotlines that if you're having suicidal ideation. Now, um, I, I had one one night of suicidal ideation when my marriage broke down and my understanding of the whole suicide type thing is that the emotional distress is so extreme that you just feel like dying would be better. You know, yeah. that certainly was my experience. and yeah. And I just want to let you know that if you have that level of discomfort in your being, uh, there are people who can help you move through it, come out the other side, be functional and be be okay and, and re-engage with joy in life. It, it is possible. So I just wanted to say that because it's super important. Thank, you. Thank um, you for sharing that and being vulnerable with us. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to talk about. You know, we there's a lot of stigma around that, but I think it's important to acknowledge it. Absolutely. So let me... Let me ask you, what sort of things do you do with people to help them through their journey of, of losing a pet and, and coming through the grief? And I, I reckon grief is a bit like a big series of storms that are you can see on the radar that you've got no way yeah. to escape. You know they're going to come in and sweep over you and you've just got to find a way to get through them. That's beautiful. That's exactly what I call them too. I call them grief storms. You see them coming. You've got to just like in the ocean, you're under the wave instead of fighting the wave, right? And then you get into calm again. And it's scary. It's terrifying because it, you know, nobody wants that. We don't want to feel bad. Um, but moving through grief is exactly what you have to do. So I connect people with the resources they need. I myself have, am not a grief counselor, but I work with several all uh -huh. across the world. So we work with someone, uh, Tracy Woods from Pet Eden in Perth, and I've got uh, Carrie Kearns in England. So they're admins to my private Facebook group. And so we try to provide answers and support for people 
in that group kind of around the clock um, and from different perspectives. So that's one thing that I invite people to do is to join that. But also on my website, there's a lot of free resources. So like I said, finding the solution that works for one is oneself is important. So if you want a book or you want to listen to a podcast or watch some YouTube videos or read a blog or reach out to a counselor one-on-one, there's there's all of those options available. And I really love connecting and providing that type of resources, those type of resources, because I was just stuck with Google going, okay, how does one recover from pet loss grief? Uh, What options are there? And just, it's overwhelming to try to navigate that. And that's why I think it's good to have support from friends and family or even your HR department or whoever you feel comfortable confiding in to find those solutions and to kind of help you dig through what's available. Okay. Um, So self-care is really important when it comes to getting through stuff in your life. And, you know, the better you get at self-care in the easy times of your life, the more you're going to have that self-care muscle when you get to the more challenging times. So what what do you do for self-care and what what do you think is the best kind of self-care that you can have to help you through these difficult times? Well, that's a brilliant insight and I couldn't agree more. Um, prior to losing Wolfgang, I didn't really have any self-care routines. Um, we were still in the pandemic and, you know, we're all just trying to get through the day and, and adjust and still, you know, work with, with being isolated for the most part. Um, and now, well, I definitely gave myself the time and space and was lucky to have that to process the grief. So I spent a lot of time in just quiet reflection. I lit a candle to to honor Wolfgang, had a lot of tea, and I just call it quiet time. Um, some of the other practices I had were, you know, taking baths just as long as I needed to with all the stuff that appealed to me. So bath salts, aromatherapy, and really just being gentle and kind to myself. Um, I think that grief affects the body and mind. And so to work through tension and stress, um, Definitely getting massages if you can afford it or, uh, you know, going to salt rooms, like whatever appeals to you, I think is a great solution. Could be float tanks. It could be um, getting into nature. It could be exercise. Exercise is a really, really important thing, self-care thing, I find. Yeah. And, and of course, eating and eating healthful foods is, is a no brainer, but it's also, you know, some people lose their appetite. I did. Um, and even Reiki, you know, I'm a, a level two Reiki practitioner. And so I was able to kind of pull out all the tools that I had available. Um, and I have to say, a lot of those things didn't provide instant relief. Um, I had to kind of sit with being uncomfortable, even doing self-care. But I knew that my grief was a journey and a process. And Everyone promised me I would come through come through the other side and have joy again and enjoy life again and get through those really difficult emotions and and pain. And I did. Yeah, I so agree with that. Um, you know, you, you need to do the hard things when life is easy. Then it's easy to do the hard things when life is challenging because you've already built that muscle up and certainly that's been my experience in my my whole journey of life so we might just kind of finish up with 
you have these Wolfie's Wish Grieving Cards, which is a resource that you've created for people that are moving through that grieving process. What are they? How do they work? And let, let's let's pull a few of them out and talk about them. Great. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So this is a deck of 30 cards and we have a few different options, uh, but all the text is the same and the principle is the same to just read one a day. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the new mini version, which is uh, great for gifting and they're super discreet in case you want to carry them around throughout the day. So this first one says, my pet will always be in my memory. And the back says, when you're ready, have a small celebration of life in a way that's meaningful to you. So these are really based on just prompts, tools, affirmations to kind of facilitate that healing journey. Um, And I think they're a great complement to all the other things that we just mentioned. Okay. Could you read out one or two more for us? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I I imagine my pet flying free and happy. I close my eyes and imagine my pet in total peace. So a lot of us have guilt or fear or worry about, you know, the way our pet passed um, or maybe, you know, those months leading up to it if they were a senior and ill. And so this is a, yeah, these tools are for us, but really to alleviate some of that mental anguish of, okay, I'm going to imagine my pet being free from pain and having all the affection and, and treats and just kind of going into that place of, okay, I'm going to breathe through this and, and, I have peace knowing that they have peace. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And, you know, um, one thing I'd say that I've learned through helping a lot of animals and people through this whole end-of-life situations, you know, euthanasia is something that is a big part of the veterinary work that we do. Yeah. I reckon about 40% of my new clients that come in are carrying a whole lot of guilt because they feel like they help their pet transition too soon Mm. i reckon about 40 percent are holding about the same amount of guilt because they feel like they left it too late (laughs) yeah um and one thing that i might just leave you all with before we wrap this episode up is my my understanding of it is that the moment that you have come to the point of decision and and you help your pet go to sleep or transition it's just a point of inevitability and that particular time has just been the absolute perfect time for you and your pet it's not too soon it's not too late if you are holding any guilt around that uh really being willing to forgive yourself and forgiving yourself which is a very simple and easy thing to do we make it really hard i think as humans but if you can forgive you well i'm not going to say if you can you can forgive yourself yeah and the sooner you do that'll really help you move through your grieving process a lot more quickly too i think i agree one of the cards is um, I'm willing to let go of feeling guilty. And the other side says, I have peace knowing that I did the best I could with what I had at the time. Oh, and, you know, good. that includes we all got professional opinions. We all did the best we could and Googled things and talked to people. So why berate ourselves over that? We we were so, the, our pets were so lucky to have us care to that level that we could uh, give them the best care we could find. And so I think there's beauty beauty in that and realizing that, oh, the guilt isn't serving me. The guilt is actually hurting me. Yes. Okay. Was well, there one thing you'd like to leave us all with before we say goodbye from this episode? Oh, thank you. I think just letting people know your grief is valid and it's important, but you can 
you can move through it and have have your life back and also love your an- love more animals it's okay to adopt more at the right time i know that was two things but they're important beautiful thanks erica it's been lovely having this conversation with you it's really important and all of you give your pets a pat for us and hopefully we'll see you soon in another episode thank Goodbye. you so much you're welcome